Where's Sarah? Okay, mild panic. Adam? She went that way. She's really not that way. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna shout for Sarah. <laughs> Can we all shout? One, two, three. That was very funny, Bruce. Okay, Bruce is now going to come and speak to us. Um, Fine, fine. Uh, Perhaps we need a sort of drum roll or something like that. Okay, Uh, I could do the notices, that's true. I tell you what, I can whistle. You may have to turn that down slightly. Right, ready? No. Think. What would you do if you're in a crisis and you need some help? Pray. Pray. And in prayer, I'm going to give her a call. Sorry. She is here somewhere and I haven't got a sermon. I'm going to do... It's phone a friend time. It's okay. She won't be a friend much longer, but she's a friend at the moment. I'm I'm going to phone. Okay, here we go. Come on, Sarah. Technology. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hang on a minute. I um. Hello. Oh, David, I'm really struggling to hear you. Hang on a minute. I don't think my signal's very good. You're supposed to be inside the church. Yeah, marvellous. But you're supposed to be in here. I can't hear you. Um. Come. Hang on, let me see you if can I can do walk that. around and get a bit of signal. Hold on a minute. Oh, gosh, I feel like Annika Rice. <laughs> no, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Is she mad? Come on, oh, Sarah. Hang on. If no, you're I in the churchyard, come. Oh, now okay. what? I think Actually, I think that might be my end. Hang on. Yeah, you're cutting out in and out. <laughs> do you know what? I'm just, uh... No. Oh, this is so frustrating, isn't it? Hang on. Um, come on. Can you just come here? Listen, I, ah. in any case, I can't really talk for long because I should be probably in, in church now. Yes. I, it's gonna any time soon minute. would be good, Sarah. Um, I'm meant to be speaking. Hello. Uh, oh. Let me see. Oh. Maybe if I go outside. Oh, are you back? I think you froze for a minute then. Can you? I, I really can't hear anything you're saying. No, we can maybe well, try I'm still freeze. here and I'm still talking can, to you, Sarah. Please come you, anytime soon. I don't even know if you can see me. Can you see me? Hello? Hello? Oh, um, where's that good signal? A, a, in here would be good. Maybe that would be good. Maybe Probably better trick. than where you are. Can you hear me, Nyak? Yes, me I can hear you all no. the time. All right, hang on. Hopeless. Do you know come what? This on. is a bit silly, isn't it? And you know what? <laughs> I don't even have that much time to talk, David, because I'm actually no. meant to be in church yes. any minute now. You really um, are, Sarah. You really are. Just come here now, would you again? please? No, I'm just not hearing it at all. No, I can I see know. your face. I we just can can't hear, hear you, you though, saying. sadly. Right, okay. Uh, you know what? I'll Why just, don't I'll you just, just do it from there? Do it from I'll there. I'll come and find you. Is okay. she always this stupid? All right. Got it. 
I'll come in. Yeah, do come in. Yes. Excellent plan. Come on in, Sarah, anytime soon. Ah, Sarah. Thank you so much for that. That was really helpful. I'm so sorry. You're on now. I'm sorry. I'm so late. I've not even got my own microphone. Right, hang on. Oh, God. Well, I was just enjoying the lovely sunshine outside. I'm so sorry. You were you trying to talk to me? Yeah. I, it's just my spot, I guess. Yeah. Well, it was working okay. fine here. That's all I can say. All right. Okay. Um, sorry about that. I'm here now. Happy to be with you. Um, I'm actually really looking forward when I've got my breath back. <sighs> <laughs> Um, really looking forward to sharing it as part of our worship this morning. I think David's probably already introduced that this is part of our continuing series and being transformed lives. Um, and what does it look like to live a life transformed by the love of Jesus? What does it look like to act out of a life transformed by love? Now, just a side note for a few moments. If you are completely unaware that we're in the middle of a teaching series on transformed lives, may I just give a little plug to the fact that on the bench outside in the porch, we've got some lovely term cards, which will help you keep track of where we're up to, what you can expect every Sunday, and it will help you know where this fits into the rest of the programme. So just a little plug for those. But we are right in the middle of a series on what does it look like to live a transformed life? How can we continue to be transformed? And today, our focus is on prayer. And what does it look like as part of a transformed life to pray? But before we delve into prayer, I've got a little bit of an activity for you. I wondered if for a few minutes you could consider, right back at the beginning of your story, what was transformed in you when you came to know Jesus? What was it that changed? Was it an outlook that changed? Was it a a hope that changed? Was it what you did with your bank account that changed? What was it in your life that was transformed when you met Jesus? I don't want hands up for answers. I want you to turn to the people around you. It might be less awkward if you'd speak to someone you didn't come with. But talk to the people around you just for two minutes. What transformed in your life when you came to know Jesus? Go. You better, at some point, you you might actually like to say that was intentional. (laughs) I might lose belief in that. I might not, no. I'm happy with a really great I I particularly enjoyed the spot when Kia and Harriet dashed down. Okay, let's call a little bit of order. Do feel free to carry on those conversations over coffee later. It's so good to share our stories, isn't it? Isn't it uplifting to hear other people's stories? Does anyone want to very quickly, in like one sentence, shout out what their transformation story was? Very, very briefly. Ben, do you want to? You can if you've got a loud voice. You changed colour. That's very incredible. (laughs) 
brilliant. Like a chameleon. Yeah. I'd like to try and make a theological point about that, but I think it might be very tenuous. Um, anyone else want to shout out, just very briefly, what was your transformation? Be bold. How you saw other people. Yeah, that's a good one. It wasn't just Sunday. Yeah. Security. You could pray anywhere. Perla, I'm going to come back to you later with that, okay? Brilliant. Well, my story is probably like many of yours. I actually grew up in a Christian home, so I never had a Damascus Road moment of not knowing Jesus and then knowing him. I've sort of known him pretty much all the way through my life. But as I've grown older, I've come to understand him and love him in a deeper way. So my moments of transformation are less about meeting Jesus and more about points in my life where God has shown up and made a difference. And actually, when we come to think about prayer um, and my answered prayers, there's less about my shopping list being ticked off and more about me feeling the presence of God with me in those points in life when I'm pretty desperate, when I've run out of my own energy to solve a problem, when I've run out of my own solutions, when I've run out of any foreseeable uh, reconciliation of the way ahead. And when I find God in those moments, that's been my p- most powerful transformation moment. And my interaction with, with Jesus have transformed, I think, pretty much everything. Transformed how I relate to my family. It's transformed the lack of hope I had for the future. It's changed where the first 10% of my paycheck goes every month. It's transformed how I parent my children. Everything, everything in my life has been transformed by that love I found in Jesus. And I wanted us to kick off just remembering our own story right at the beginning because it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that we come to know Jesus and through Jesus that we come to know Father God. So at the core of all of this, it is about a relationship between those three persons of God and it's in that relationship that we do find that transformation, that freedom, that acceptance, that purpose, that worthiness, that hope, that restoration So when we're thinking about prayer, we're really talking about a conversation that helps us to grow in that relationship with God. Many of you know my husband Adam is a pilot, um, which in terms of our family life creates a fair amount of chaos around the edges because he works very odd hours. He can be asleep in bed before I get in from work, ready for an early start the next day, and he can be up from work four or five hours before the rest of the family wake up. Or, on a different day, he'll arrive home from work maybe eight hours after the boys have gone to bed, just as they're getting up or beginning to stir. So, we have a very uh, ships-in-the-night relationship sometimes. Our kitchen table and worktop is often scattered with scraps of paper and post-it notes, leaving messages for each other. I came home to one yesterday saying, please feed the chickens and get the washing in sometimes the messages we leave for each other, it's not clear if we're referring to the chickens or the children, um, which can take a little bit of uh, sleuthing to work out. But we have shopping lists there, we have reminders for each other, we have instructions about things that need to go on. Um, And if we're not leaving notes about the house for each other, um, it'll be text messages instead. Don't forget to get some milk. Please, could you make sure you pick up the kids? Um, Did you feed the chickens slash the children? All of these things. But we find that really hard sometimes, to be honest, that living through uh, post-it notes and text messages, sometimes it feels more like we're dysfunctional work colleagues than we're actually friends or even in a marriage at all. 
And if we only lived like that and only spoke through post-it notes and text messages, it wouldn't really be a friendship. It would barely be a marriage. So actually, we have to work hard to make time for each other. And we try and carve out time at odd times of the week sometimes where we can just spend time together. We can laugh together. We can chat together. We do do our life admin and work out whose money is in which bank and all of that stuff and where the children are actually at the moment. But spending time just enjoying each other, laughing, reflecting, dreaming, sometimes just being in the same room. We don't get a chance to do that every day by far. And in reality, we don't even take every chance we do get. Sometimes it's easier not to make the effort in the middle of busy, fraught weeks. But it is in those moments that we find a way to keep our love alive, to enjoy our marriage, to grow in our relationship together so we're not just enduring, we're actually enjoying. And even though it is a lot of effort to make the time, it is always worth the time. Maybe you can experience that in your own lives, in your own marriages, your own relationships with your parents or your children. The time we actually spend together that is not purpose-driven, that is not about achieving something, that's not about getting something ticked off a list, but it's just about being together is the most valuable time. When there's a holiday and no one has a phone on them, there's no agenda other than finding the nicest beach and working out what you're going to eat for lunch, actually, those times of rest and just being still together are our most treasured memories. And when we pray, I wonder what we're doing. Are we leaving God post-it notes about the things that are bothering us or text messages about things that we hope he won't forget? If I'm really honest, my prayers are sometimes like that. My prayers are little arrow prayers that go up and say, Oh God, my friend's still ill, will you be with her? Oh God, I forgot, I've got so much on this week, I'm just juggling, I can't make this work. Will you just work in this situation? Oh God, I'm really concerned about my friend, I'm really concerned about my brother, would you just move in this? So many of my prayers are post-it notes to God. Please, can you do this? Please, could you do that? Please, could you be in this? Sometimes there's thank yous, but they're post-it note thank yous. Or thanks for sorting that out. Thanks for getting the milk. Thanks for being there when I was feeling anxious. But Jesus, who loved to pray, taught his disciples to begin our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Dad. Our prayer starts with relationship. And let's not get confused about what that means. We're not telephoning a distant aunt in a timely manner in the hope that we might get a rather generous Christmas present. We're not having a chat with a cantankerous grandfather or uncle to do duty and keep the peace in the family. We're not even sitting down with our own imperfect, broken, earthly fathers. Jesus is inviting us to spend time with our heavenly father, our creator, the one who first had that spark of joyful imagination about who we might be and what we might do in his world. And he breathed life into us. He knows us. He loves us anyway. And he calls us by name. We are his children. Of course, God does want us to ask him for the things that we need. He wants us to bring him the things that burden us, that are on our hearts, that are unjust in the world, that don't make sense, that cause us to fear, that cause us to doubt. He wants all of that, but that starts from a place of recognizing we're talking to our good, good father. If you don't ever get past the first line of the Lord's Prayer, you're doing all right. Spending your life praying, my dad in heaven, holy is your name, 
It's actually enough. And that is such a brilliant place to be living from, to start our transformation in. Because it roots us, it centers us, it affirms our identity as beloved children. And it's all about being together with our Father for a moment, enjoying each other, laughing, chatting, reflecting, dreaming, just being together. All the things we know are good to do in our families anyway. Earlier, David was desperate to get a message through to me. In the end, it was just easiest for me to come and be near him to hear what he needed to say. And my real hope is that you would be inspired to consider making time and space just to be near God. But sometimes I know that's really hard to know where to start. We're conditioned to be thinking about how can I make an impact in the world? How can I care and love for my neighbour? So our heads and our hearts are full with issues. We're full of, of people we know who are grieving. We're full of horrific things we see on the news. We're full of good intentions for our children and our grandchildren. We are full of who's coming for dinner? Where did I put the cat? All of the nitty-gritty of day-to-day life. So stopping and being still is not natural for us. It's difficult. But the Psalms talk a great deal about this. Being still. Be still and know that I am God. He leads me beside still waters. And sometimes actually coming and starting to pray is less about the list of things we know we should be praying about and more about stopping and being still with our Father God. Slowing down, taking a moment to be physically still, to still our hearts and minds, to put the worries on hold for a moment. And that's what we really want to talk to you about today. That's the message we want you to go home with, that actually... Prayer is nothing more and nothing less than being in the presence of your Heavenly Father and sharing with him all of who you are, all the nitty-gritty that hurts and bothers and twinges and doubts and fears, but actually also just being still with him. So there's lots of things we're going to do for the rest of the service about different ways we can pray, different things we can pray about. But what we thought we'd do now is just practice that stillness, that being with God. And it sounds a bit scary. And when you first start to do it, it might be a bit scary for you because it's unfamiliar for us to be still. It's unfamiliar for us to be quiet. It's unfamiliar for us to just be at peace and be alone with God without us thinking about the 20 friends we should be praying for or everything that's going on in the news. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to spend some time now for a few moments just being still in the presence of God. But before we do that, just to help us get our heads and our hearts in the right place, at the end of your pews there's a little stack of post-it notes. If you would like to pass those down your line, grab some pens that will be coming around. What I'd like you to do is to brain dump All of those niggles or those worries or those concerns that actually are clouding your head and your heart at the moment. They might be big things. It might be you're grieving over everything that's been happening in London recently. It might be that the political situation has you really unsettled. It might be that you're concerned for a family member. It might be that you're feeling lonely. It might just be that you can't remember if you switched the oven on for lunch or not. But whatever it is that is in your head buzzing round... You don't have to show this to anybody, you don't have to share it with anybody, but get it all down on paper. 
So actually your head and your heart is really... And then what I want you to do is just stick that somewhere out of the way. Give yourself permission for the next five minutes to get that out of your head and not have to worry about it. So I'll give you a couple of minutes just to get some things down on paper. And then when you've done that, stick that somewhere else of the way. You might want to stick it under your bottom and then you can't be tempted to fiddle or look at it. struggling to think of something that's a great sign don't stress that you can't think of anything you're worried about that's good So when you've finished your list and you've tucked it out of the way, I'd just like to invite you to look at the screen for a few moments. We're just going to start by breathing. And breathing is such a, a spiritual thing and a physical thing. It's both normal and supernatural because the breath of God is what brought us to life. The breath of God is the spirit of God. So as we breathe, we remember that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And as the video comes on, you will see shapes getting bigger and smaller. As the shapes get bigger, breathe in. And then release as they get smaller. So we're breathing in now. And we're just going to spend a few minutes calming our breathing down. Breathing all together. And when you've got the rhythm, you might want to close your eyes. And I'd like to invite you to invite the Holy Spirit to meet with you in this moment. I want you to say in your heart, God, what would you say to me today? Holy Spirit, we do invite you to meet with us now. We thank you that you transform us with the love of Jesus. And we pray that as we are still and as we wait on you, as we sit at the feet of our Heavenly Father, you would remind us afresh of how loved we are, how accepted we are, how our needs are met in you. And all we need to do is come and be still. Father, would you minister to us? Minister just means would you meet with us in a transforming way.